0: to have Carol Boston back, and I highly encourage you to go back through the podcast and listen to the first episodes that she did with us, but she only touched on the iceberg of empowering questions, and we just ran out of time. So, I contacted Carol recently. I said, Carol, you've got to come back on. We, we've got to do this deep dive into empowering questions. So, you guys are going to learn today about how the questions that you not only ask yourself, but the questions that you ask others can deeply impact your personal life and your business. So, mm. welcome to the show,
1: Carol. Thank you. It's good to be back. <laughs>
0: So, first thing we're going to do is because it's been a while since you've been on. Carol, why don't you take a few minutes introduce yourself and uh, tell us a little bit about your story
1: because that is really interesting. Okay, will do. Um, I'm an ex-collegiate professional tennis player who trusted in someone else's vision for me. That's how I actually got from Louisiana to Florida and ended up in a almost 27-year, very successful sales career. Um, There I was back in 2014 and. And I thought I had it made, right? I could do this in my sleep. I worked for large companies, ATT, Sprint and Paychecks. I brought in over $70 million in revenue, walked across the wow. stages, got the awards. And I thought I had it made. And think about it, folks. One day you might get that call like I did. And I was told, yeah, we're, we're cutting your territory by 80%. I'm like, 80%? I've been working this territory. Yeah, I've been working this territory for five and a half years. And so, like I said, I always worked for large corporations because I love structure and I'm a weird salesperson because I'm a rule follower. Now, I know if you're out there and you're in sales, you're laughing right now because salespeople are not known to follow the rules, but they loved me in corporate America. (laughs) So a friend of mine whispered in my ear about an opportunity with a small company. And so I went on the interview. And there I was after two interviews and I got hired. Not only did they hire me, they doubled my base pay plus commissions. I could see the income potential. And guess what? They gave me a director title. So I negotiated. Yeah, nice, huh? First time I had a big title. Um, It's one of the reasons I teach on that uh, uh, titles don't give you leadership. They don't equate, right? You learn lessons. So there I was six weeks into the job, and I had negotiated a vacation up front because I'd already paid for it. It was in my contract. And there I was on vacation having a great time in the mountains of New Mexico enjoying the hot air balloon festival in Albuquerque. If you've never been, you got to go in October, biggest international balloon festival in the world. So we're having a great time, but I'm being a good employee. And I'm staying in touch with my boss, the CEO, and he sends me an email. And he asked my opinion on something. And so I replied back, I'll never forget. Kim, it was a Saturday morning at nine o'clock. And he usually responds just like that. And he didn't (laughs) respond. And I waited. And so finally we went about our day. And there it was, nine o'clock at night, my phone dings, Carol Boston, you've got mail. (laughs) (laughs) And here's what it said. It said, Carol, comma, that's what you really think? And it had five question marks behind it. And then it said, don't bother coming into this office on Monday when your vacation is over, you're done here.
0: Okay, I'm gonna stop you because you, you told a bit of this story the last time. What was it that you gave your opinion on?
1: Believe it or not, (laughs) even though I was the sales director, he had decided that I was in charge of marketing and I had been vetting the first five weeks, different marketing companies to bring in to do our marketing. And so we had decided on one company and he wanted them to give him a, um, what's it called? Like a beta piece, right? It was a beta piece to see if he was going to hire them. And they did. And he asked my opinion on it. And I didn't really give him just my opinion. What I had done is I had gone downstairs into the office uh, place of this hotel. And my girlfriend was with me at the time and people would come through and I'd say, what do you think of these three ads? So I was getting other people's feedback besides my own. This one ad was so good. I will never forget it had this huge elephant on it. And everybody's like, oh my God, if I saw that, I couldn't turn the page, right? Mm -hmm. So I replied back. In the meantime, there had been a, communication if you will between the ad firm and the ceo that i wasn't privy to and he had told them all these ads are crap you better start over we only have 24 hours and then along comes carol see he had sent the email earlier i didn't i didn't see it or hear it or whatever happened i don't know but he had already said it's crap and then carol replies back but she copies the cfo the cio all these other people and said Number three is awesome. I'm, I would go with number three. And da, 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 da. So let me tell you, this guy was, you know, six inches shorter than me, Mexican with the hairy chest and the gold. And the, he was a pot smoker. He didn't like strong women anyway. I don't know why he hired me. So um, really, I don't. If you knew the whole story, Kim, one week into the job, I came home and told my girlfriend, I think I'm being set up to fail here. Mm. And little things started happening. Little things started happening. It was incredible. So I don't know if that was God's way of getting me out of my comfort zone in corporate America to forcing me to get on a path, which is part of my story that we haven't talked about towards owning my own business. Perhaps it was, but there was a lot of lessons learned, Kim.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, sometimes... As a woman dealing, when you're a strong woman dealing with men, there's a lot of different scenarios that you can find yourself in. And one of the scenarios, and we're not saying all men are like this, but there are some,
1: mm-hmm. who
0: sometimes hire you as a strong woman because they want to see if they can break you.
1: Yes. Yes, absolutely. As a matter of fact, I came back from vacation and I had an interview the very next day. I mean, I had a successful career. But Kim, I interviewed all over this country, month after month after month, sometimes three and four interviews deep from California to Chicago, to Austin, to Philadelphia. It was incredible, right? I'm blowing through my 401k and I actually went on one interview and I they flew me to Austin. It was a 24 hour trip, go, come back. And the guy who had gotten me the interview, Jim, I called him up and said, Jim, do not make that guy hire me. Jim goes, no, 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 I want you in my company. Jim and I had worked together. I said, Jim, do not make him hire me. And Jim goes, well, I said, Why he does not like strong women. It is very evident. And I've already been through that. I've learned my lesson. I would love to work with you, but not for him. Now, what's interesting was that guy had come on board Jim's company to take Jim's place. That was his whole goal in coming. And he knew Jim and I were tight. And months later, Jim was out of a job. Very interesting how these things kind of play out. But many months into this, I was in my prayer time because faith is my foundation. You know me. And I said, God, I really did yell in my prayer. (laughs) And I said, you made me, you know, I'm not cut out to be an entrepreneur. I do not want to own my own business. You've got to help me find a good job.
0: (laughs) And I love it because God goes, you don't have no clue the depths of what I've created
1: you for. And this is only the beginning child. (laughs) You are so right. (laughs) Literally two weeks to that day, I received an email from a woman that I had met out of town at a conference for 30 minutes, and it came out of the blue, and it gifted me a $3,500 ticket to go to Los Angeles to begin studying at Gorilla Business School. And, and you've heard me say this, and I'll, I'll tell your audience, I tell people God had a sense of humor because Gorilla Business School was a foundational school for entrepreneurs. Mm. So I thought, well, what I'm doing isn't working. Even though I found it really ironic, Kim, that I've been closing business deals, big business deals for other people for 26 years, and I couldn't close a deal to get myself a job, right? So I figured, well, what I'm doing is not working. And I don't know what I don't know. So off I went to Los Angeles. And that, that began, that is where I was first introduced to Empowering Questions. And I, I was amazed at the power of them. And I decided I had to master them. I could see where they would be life-changing. And that began my study and working with experts and not just leadership experts like John Maxwell and people that I worked with, but the experts in empowering questions. And honestly, I've never heard of another coach talk about empowering questions. Mm. The only person I know that teaches on them is the lady that I learned from, believe it or not. And yet I've seen it change clients' lives. Hmm. I've seen it change clients lives right yeah nobody, nobody wanted to talk about them and so I began on this path and I, I actually had I want to talk a little bit about how empowering questions can help you get out of your comfort zone right hmm. because I was in and it wasn't necessarily comfortable but it was sure was familiar that's a writer downer for you folks <laughs> whatever what always is familiar is not always comfortable and I wasn't willing, I was resistant to Let, letting let's, go. Let's stop let's stop on that one for a sec. Sure, sure. Because I, I think that's something
0: really powerful. Because just because it's familiar doesn't make it comfortable. And I think so many times in life we get stuck in the familiar. Mm. And even though it's uncomfortable and we know we need to change, we won't because it's so familiar.
1: Yes. Or we get disappointed in the deliverance and we try to go back to what is familiar. If you take a look at the Egyptians, for example, when God brought them out of Egypt, they'd been in slavery for hundreds of years, right? Yeah. And there they are. They have all the manna they can eat. They all have all the milk and honey they can drink. But they got dissatisfied and they began to grumble. Now think about this. They're living in the land of milk and honey. They don't have to go to work, right? They just get to enjoy life. And they start grumbling that they want to go back to Egypt.
0: Because and mean, the leaders they were like, had quail,
1: <laughs> exactly when they were asked, why would you go back to Egypt? They said, because we had all different kinds of foods to eat. And the leaders were like, but they whipped you every day and you worked 20 out of 24 hours a day. You see people often, they didn't get delivered straight into the promised land. No. And and so often, especially what I see with entrepreneurs who quit too soon is they don't want to go through. They don't want to do the going through to get to the promised land. Right? And so oftentimes I actually had a client that I fired recently and I said to her, You're you're disappointed in the deliverance. And she said, you know, what do you mean? And we talked about it. And I said, Let me ask you a question. And most people, you don't have to be a believer or been to church. You've heard that the phrase There's seed time and harvest. Yes. Yes? And that's how most people say it. They say there's seed time and harvest. No, 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 no. That's not how it is. There's seed time and harvest. Right? Actually,
0: there's a little bit more than that. There's seed time. There's fertilizer time. And we all know what fertilizer (laughs) is. Smells like. <laughs> <laughs> then there's the watering time, where you get dumped on a whole lot. Yep. And then, then you see a little bit of green. <laughs> yep. And then, and then you think, oh, I've got, I've got one grain of hope in me. <laughs> yes. Right. So it's this whole process. You don't yeah. go from seed to harvest. There's all these steps in between and right. each one has its great things and each one has its
1: challenges. Right. And, and one of the things I'm known for, especially amongst my client, I actually had somebody, how I was going to articulate this in marketing one day is that I am the queen of reframe. Right. Mm-hmm. When you say that there's good things and then there's challenges, I help people see the good in, in all of it. And it really helps when you can reframe that yes. and, and, and master your mindset. It makes such a big, big difference in the next steps that you take and how you see the steps that you're, that you're already taking. I think one of the things, correct me if I'm wrong, that we talked about, maybe it was in one of the trainings I did for your group, I'm not sure, is how I help my clients and those that I speak to redefine the word success. Did we talk about that? I don't think so. Let's, let's go there for a few minutes. Let's do, because it ties into empowering questions, right? So oftentimes you hear people say, oh yeah, I tried that and it failed. And I'm like, no, it didn't fail. It only fails if you quit, right? That's the only time you fail, if you quit. So one of the things I work with my clients on is to go, well, that was a learning lesson. And, and what did we learn? And my clients learn to redefine success as success is in the attempt. It's not when you make your annual quota, right? It's not when your company hits a million dollars. It's not when you meet all your KPIs or however you measure your success in your business. Mm-hmm. It's success is in the attempt. Yes. I had a mentor, Ken, Keith Cunningham out of Texas, great mentor. He wrote the book Keys to the Vault. And he taught me years ago that anything worth doing is worth doing poorly the first time because it gets you into action and you learn. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I, I do in conjunction with this and my clients, one of the tools is the art of celebration. Yes. So my client, my clients learn to take that baby step, look at the results without judgment. We don't say it was good or it was bad. It was perfect or it failed. We say, these are the results we got. Is that what we wanted? Yes. Great. Then we go down that path. Mm, no, Carol, we didn't get quite the results we wanted. We're going to tackle bit and take the lessons we learned and go a different way. But we celebrate the fact that we did it. Right.
0: Yeah. And I'm going it to stop you, you there grow. for one sec. Cause you sure. use the word tack. Now, if you're wondering what that means, oh, yeah. <laughs> go back and listen to the first yes. two episodes because Carol goes in depth on tacking. And I think you, if you missed it, yeah, that's going to lay a really good foundation for yes. today's conversation. So go on back. It's back a bit. It's back a few months. You might have to search for it a little bit, but it is there. Okay. So keep going.
1: (laughs) And so what happens is one of the key things I do for my clients, I'm going to tell you a real short story. Uh, A young man was sent to me two years ago by a member of his board of directors. And they said, you've got to help him, blah, 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 blah. So I start working with him. Literally, Kim, two months later, this same board member comes back to my office, opens the door, comes in and goes, what are you doing with Lewis? And I kind of looked, looked up and I said, well, I'm working with him. They go, no, 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 no. You're going to have to tone him down. His confidence is through the roof now. And I'm like, <laughs> it, it isn't, isn't that like what you asked me part of what you needed me to do, right? I said, I'm like not toning him down. Maybe you got to get yours up a little bit, right? Yeah, light up the fire a little bit. <laughs> So that's one, that's one area that every one of my clients grows in is, is in confidence because they learn that confidence is not a feeling. That's for a whole nother talk, but confidence is a decision to act. You guys write that down, reach out to me. I can help you with that. Or maybe I'll come back on and Kim and I'll talk about how powerful that is to learn that and put that in the process. But each time you tack and you take that step and you celebrate the fact that you took it and you take another one, you grow in confidence because you got into action and you grow in self-trust. Yes, which was a piece of, piece of what you and I talked about one time too, Kim, that often people will keep their word to other people more often than they keep the word to themselves.
0: Yes. It's very easy to not keep your word to
1: yourself. And, but what they don't see, it's insidious. See, we don't see it. If Kim, if you told me you were going to do something for me three times in a row and you didn't do it, I would probably begin to doubt you a little bit. Right. Some mistrust would come in. Right. Yeah. But I can tell myself, Whatever. I'm going to lose these 20 pounds. I'm going to start Monday. And then it becomes, well, maybe next Monday. Well, maybe next month. Well, maybe next year. But I keep telling myself I'm going to do it. And I don't keep my word. I'm eroding self-trust.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. It's a big reason why people don't step out. I had something the other day. I shared it with Crystal. I'm going to, this is going to be worked into um, my talk. The only way a turtle makes progress, makes forward progress, is to stick his neck out how many of us are sitting in our shell? You just said it, Kim. We're sitting in our shell. That's what's familiar, afraid to take a risk, afraid to step out. But the only way, and the turtle doesn't try to go from familiar to deliverance in the promised land. The turtle sticks his neck out, takes a few steps, surveys the landscape, makes some decisions, goes back in and rests. But the only way he moves forward, he's got to stick his neck out again, right? Yep. Think about that. I think it's a powerful analogy or is that a metaphor or an allegory? I don't know. But anyway, it's one of those. What's those things when you use animals? Is it an allegory?
0: Oh, I can't, you know what? Um, come on, you're the writer. You're the writer. I know I'm the writer, but I'm not the, I'm not the word nerd. Okay. Um, So I don't know whether you've met Juanita yet. I'm sure you will at some point. She's the book project manager for RTA Publishing. She's also my best friend and she does some of the episodes here on, uh, she's co-host and um, she is my word nerd. So when I can't think of a word, she's the one I go to. It's like, Juanita, what, what's this word I'm thinking of? And
1: and and she'll tell me, I'm like, yep, that's it. Thank you. Awesome. That's why y'all work so well, right? You have different areas of expertise. Right, so it, you she's make a the word
0: opinion. nerd. I'm the word ninja. She gives me the words. I know how to use them.
1: <laughs> exactly. That's awesome.
0: But you know, something yeah. you were talking about there is is with that turtle, and I think there's a concept that we have not been taught in today's society, and that is really how to pull the best out of ourselves. So much. So many times we give ourselves the excuses, but yet we really do have the capability of doing what it is we need to do we just choose not to like uh i've been struggling with exercising because because of some back issues swimming is my preferred method of exercise and the pools have all been closed so i've been trying to do walking that was damaging my back so anyway i've got this elliptical so i can sit and pedal so i've been doing this and it hits a point about two to three minutes in where my muscles start to burn. Mm-hmm. And so I realized with the walking, I was in a lot of physical pain. So my legs mm-hmm. weren't burning cause I was walking, but the, the vertebrae in my back were literally being, and I was in extreme pain walking. So there is okay. a difference, but you know, now I'm pedaling and I feel the burn. And the temptation is, okay, I'm done. I'm done. But I've been learning that I can push through the burn. Yes. And so each day, and I'm not doing it every single day. I'm averaging three to four days a week where I'm peddling. But each time I'm doing it, I'm managing to add one more minute. So I kind of, I hit the burn. And I just keep pedaling, even though I don't want to. Everything in me is like, oh, this is hard. My muscles are burning, right? Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden, it's like I break through into this new level. Yes. And I start pedaling, and I'm okay for a while. And then I start to feel the burn, and I'm like, okay, I've done, I've done 12, 13 minutes now. Yeah, I guess I could. Nope, nope. i got to do that one more minute. So you keep pedaling, right? And you feel the burn, and you keep yeah. pedaling anyway. And guess yes. what happens? you then break through into that new burst of energy again. So I'm up to about 19 minutes and I've been doing about five miles.
1: Good for you. That's awesome. What I would encourage you to do is when you get to that point, you go, Oh, it's so hard. Let's reframe that. And, and say, Oh my God, this is awesome. This is working. Right. Good idea. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. When you start to feel the burn, like, Oh my God, now it's working. And and that'll give you even more momentum, right? Because we create as we speak. If we say this is hard, it's hard,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Because our, our, our brain is just waiting for us to tell it what, is, what, what it is and what we're going to do, right? I heard someone give a definition of a discipline today. And he said, you command your mind what you want it to do and you do it. Oftentimes, mm-hmm. we're not even telling ourselves what we really want to accomplish, yes. right? So, our brain, it wants told what to do and then we have to get into action and that's what you're doing. So I applaud you on that, but just try to reframe that as soon as that word, oh, it's hard comes up, go, oh, it's awesome. This is working, right? I love it. I love it. And then let me know over the course of the next two weeks, if you can do that consistently, how it changes your results. I will do that. Make sense? I will do that. So we've ahead. been talking a lot. I don't know what our time frame is, but should we hop into some empowering questions?
0: I think we've probably got about less than five minutes. So let's <laughs> talk maybe about something else for five minutes. And then the second session will
1: be all empowering questions. We promise you that. <laughs> Absolutely. So well, I, I think some of, I, I'm hoping a lot of what we've been talking about is valuable to people to help them, you oh, know, yes. to change their mind, begin to change their mindset and, and see what's possible. And, and I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there. So they'll come back for the second one. The most powerful of all empowering questions is what else is possible. Mm. But we're going to teach you some keys. You have to know when you put that out to the universe in the next episode. So that's a writer down or put it down, come back to the next episode, and we're going to expand on that. Um, and we can just introduce you a little bit to say, we're going to teach you how to use them for yourself. And we're going to, we're not going to teach you. We're going to introduce you because this, this would take a long time to teach and learn the whole thing. But we're going to introduce you to how you can use them to understand how other people perceive you and how to get them on the page with you faster and easier with less resistance.
0: Mm. So I got one. Does that sound question. good?
1: Good reason to come back?
0: Oh, that's an amazing reason to come what? back. But I got one question for you because I think you were in corporate and you've been resisting becoming an entrepreneur. So, and I think there's a lot of people in this situation where they're resisting becoming that entrepreneur. So maybe talk a little bit about your journey right now and where you're at as an entrepreneur and, you know, what's going really well and, and, you know, what's an area that you're, you're working to develop.
1: Okay. Um, what's really going, what's going really well is that I've learned that, that, uh, what we tell ourselves is true. Now, let me expand on that. When I was in corporate America, never, and I'm gonna say never in 27 years, not one time, did I close a deal over the phone. You know why? Because I always said I'm better in person. Mm. And I I taught myself to believe that, that I'm better in person. Could I, if I had had a different mindset and reframed that and knew how to use an impact question to change that, I might've had an easier time making my quotas and my numbers and money, by closing deals over the phone and I have to get in my car, schlep down to Miami beach, whatever I did, think about it. Right. So we, we, we create that for ourselves. Unknowingly I did that same thing in the beginning of my business. Mm-hmm. i got clients by networking like crazy, always being out to lunch and whatever it was. I didn't even understand that I had this mindset, this sub subliminal. I'm, I'm all, only good in person. Right. Mm-hmm. So this whole COVID thing has been very, very good for me because I knew I needed to scale. I was resistant to doing it online. I was resistant to listen. When I went into a networking event, Kim, I didn't even take my telephone in with me because (laughs) I knew how to be. So I never took a selfie. I knew how to be present with you. You, when you're with me, you know, I'm listening to you, right? Yes. Now fast forward to what COVID did. You talk about what's working. I did my very first Facebook live. I had never even taken a selfie. Let's set the table folks. (laughs) And it was a 30, it was a 30 minute Facebook live in the rise and inspire speakers group. I got a client in the United Kingdom from that. Yes. I didn't, I didn't try to sell anything. Nope. So what did it do for me? What did it do for me? All of a sudden now, Oh, I don't have to be in person. This is almost just like being in person. Right. (laughs) And, and (laughs) so. Well, when I say in person, I'm a person who loves to shake your hand and look at you and I give you a big hug when you leave. So that piece I really miss. But I do too. Um, so getting out and speaking, speaking in groups, right, being visible, being seen has been a huge, uh, uh, a big pivot for me. And so I can see where the foundation is really starting to grow that piece that's So given me an opportunity to meet people like you that I may have never met and other people that are able to see inside and give me some guidance and clarity on getting to my ideal client and how to market to them and serve them.
0: Yeah, because
1: I'll be honest, you know, I I've gotten clients in strange ways. (laughs) Wait, 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 I have, I gotta, I gotta tell you this quick story. So I'm at a mega mixer at the tower club. It's a big social business club, 250 to 300 people once a month drinks, heavy hors d'oeuvres, and I'm I'm going fast because I know we don't have long. I'm talking to this one lady. This other lady comes up, and I don't know her, but she knows her. She's taller than me, Kim, so I'm looking up at her while they're talking, and all of a sudden, she introduces herself to me, and I don't know what I said to her, but she gave me some response about her business, and this is what I did. I reached in my pocket, got my business card, and I go, oh, honey, you have serious boundary issues. I can help you with that. You need to come see me. (laughs) Listen, the woman came in two weeks, two weeks later, became a client. We radically changed her business. We, she doesn't have issue with boundaries personally or professionally anymore. And in the six months of working with me, she said that she had more clients in six months of working with me than she had in the first four years of her law practice. Yeah. But she had to eliminate some of those things, right? Yeah. So what's not working for me is, um, I think, gaining clarity and committing on who my ideal client is, Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. so that's the piece I've been I've been working on. It's a little challenging, and so just stepping out and understanding that I'm not married to that niche, I can date that niche. Yeah, and see yeah. see if it works.
0: That's a right? great term. Yes. Thank you. I can, I'm going to use that.
1: I'm going to steal that from you. <laughs> yeah, I, I I can date that niche, and if it it doesn't fit quite right, then I can tack. I, y'all got to go learn about tacking. I can tack, use part of that, and and modify it. Right. So sometimes we have to go down a path to find out what we don't want. And yeah. and just to be totally, totally transparent, I guess about four weeks ago, I sat here and I said. Who am I being? Folks, when we look at our business growing or not growing, we have to ask who am, who am I being? It's not just what am I doing? Yeah, it's who am I being? And not only who am I being? when I'm in front of other people like him, it's who am I being behind closed doors when no one is watching? Am I being who I need to be to get the things that I say that I want? And that was a big wake-up call for me in that I had gotten lax, if you will, in some things that I needed to be doing consistently on a daily basis that I wasn't doing. Therefore, I wasn't being who yeah. I needed to be. Did uh, that answer your question?
0: Oh, Carol, man, we can go on for days here, man. I, <laughs> I'm i not going to say anything in- Cause we're going to get into another conversation here, <laughs> okay. but thank you for being um, so honest and vulnerable. I think as entrepreneurs, when we can be those things, it mm. encourages others and it helps others on their journey as well. Yes. So Carol, very quickly, how can people connect with you?
1: Email me Carol at carolboston.com or text me at 954. 954- 616 And who knows? Maybe by the time Kim airs this episode, my new website will be up and you could go there too. But you can. My social media is at the Carol Boston. That will get you to all of my social media at the Carol Boston. Love to hear from me. If I could serve you in any way, just let me know. Thank you, Kim. And she means it,
0: she's not just saying it she means it. So this has been Carol Boston and Kim Thompson Pinder on the author to authority podcast. Thank you so much for listening and make sure you tune in to part two of empowering questions. Bye now. Thank you so much for listening to the author to authority podcast. I have a free gift for you. I'd like to invite you to download a sample of my newest book, author to authority coming out this year. If you enjoy the podcast, you will enjoy learning how becoming an author can change not only your life, but your business as well. Go to www.authortoauthority.com forward slash free sample. So that is www.authortoauthority.com forward slash free sample. Have a great day and stay safe.